0: Speaking of Reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Carl Carlson. Hey, Carl. Yeah, we just kind of saved ourselves there, so we hit record real quick. Um, yeah, I was talking to you know a young software engineer just the other day, and, and it was just... There was a sense of fear of looking for another position uh, while in a position as it might sig- it would signal that they're not happy with what they're doing and like you know, well you're happy with what you're doing well no no not really huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so it, it goes back to it mentioned in the last one when you're working inside a company and looking for going to somewhere else is well get on the list that shows openings you know talk to your boss about what would you like to do in five years or where would you what field or area would you like to get into if you have a, a rational manager they will take that as a sign that you want to grow and contribute more and and continue to be an excellent employee and all these other good things whereas if you just put head down and suffer through each day and wake up and dread getting to work um That comes through. That shows up in the quality of your work and your approach to work, to what you take on. And so what we wanted to talk about in this episode was, well, what if you're thinking about changing companies? And the same first piece of advice that I would give is you should always be looking, always looking.
1: Well, and let me share a story on that. In my own past, and this goes to a point in early at General Motors, there was a point, and I won't to go into a lot of detail about it, but I wasn't entirely happy with the opportunities that I had. I had reached kind of a a level where my, that the then boss uh, was old school and didn't seem to want me to take on more opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, okay, so I can just hunker down and do my best. And what I did is I, I got my resume up to date and I went out and actually did a job search not with the idea of changing jobs, which I could have. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could have. But to, to satisfy myself what I was worth, uh, what, what what was the value of what I could contribute. And so I went to, this is back when I was uh, managing a test lab at General Motors. And I went and looked at some other uh, test labs in, in, the, in the area and, and did some interviews and got some really nice offers. I decided to turn them down. But my confidence took a real boost Mm -hmm. because it was no longer me against the world. I could see that if things did not go the way I wanted them, I had alternatives. And I think options are always good. And that's kind of what I think you were saying. Well, there's that. I I definitely
0: agree. And, and then you might, if you're not looking, you're not going to find that dream job. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. rare that somebody taps you on their shoulders. Hey, we want to make you this X, Y, Z job that we I knew from our barbecue last week that you're interested in. If you're not even thinking about it or talking about it, if you don't. I remember when I was laid off at Raychem, um, they put us in touch with uh, recruiters or, or uh, headhunters is not the right word. The people that helped you find a new position kind of thing. It was, uh, they had some fancy name for it. And they, I mean, they did the first thing they did. It was sat yeah down, down and says, "Well, what's your dream job? Where do you want to be? You know, what what's what do you want to do? What intersects? What you're good at? What you're excited about doing? And actually is useful, and kind of thing." And and I wrote a resume and went got four offers in the next week, um, despite their advice. <laughs> 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 but the point is, is that. Well, you say it all the time, Carl, you you cite Covey as, you know, if you don't if, keep the end in mind, you know, or... Where do you want to be? Yeah. What, what's the, what, what do you, what excites you? What do you want to work on? What would be cool and all those things. But part of it is, I also think there's a, another version of that is that I keep track of what's available. And I've been known for decades now in my network and circles that if they have an opening... I know a lot of people that are as a potential candidates for him. I know people that mm-hmm. could be really good candidates for him and I'll send him a personal note saying, this is a really good opportunity. You might want to look at it. I find it as a convenient way to keep in touch with friends and colleagues and my network. And it's not a bad gesture. When you say, hey, I was thinking of you for this position. What do you think? It's a wonderful thing. And then the other part is, is that when people are, you know, find themselves out of a job or like if we if we do fall into a recession, the more people will do it. Um, and I've seen it before. I get a handful of resumes and you know, if you know of any openings. And so I'm in the kind of the sweet spot, but I've always done it. I've done it for 30 years now. I just kind of keep track of that. Keep my pul- keep finger on the pulse is the right analogy. And it it's a way to help other people Just here and you know, I heard about this opening. You might be great for that. Or I know you're looking and I ask, you know, what are you looking for? What area, you know, this kind of couple of things like that. And and because I'm seeing this stuff all the time and go, oh yeah, Sarah might like that. Let me send that to her, you know? And there's no, it's, it's not like I want to be a headhunter and, and a job placement person or do it for a living, but I find that it, it strengthens your own network. And I think it's part of pay it forward. You know, if I ever really end up in a bind and I need to find a position, I've I've now got thirty people that really owe me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Think of it selfishly, yeah. and, and
1: helping other people it is, is a really satisfying accomplishment, satisfying path. Yeah, and so it's it's always a good thing. And I, let me build on an experience I had at General Motors uh, that aligns to this. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll introduce it this way. It, we were at the engineering managers, and I would, that's that was my position at, at that point in time. Uh, were asked who wanted to help out extra to do recruiting for General mm-hmm. Motors. Mm-hmm. And following my own advice, which I gave my last podcast, always try to volunteer for things that stretch your capabilities, go outside your comfort zone, uh, learn new things. I said, I've never recruited, I will raise my hand. And so they sent me to recruiting school. Got a certificate as a qualified recruiter,
0: <laughs> suitable for and,
1: framing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, and, and then they sent me out along with other people to different campuses around the country. Uh, during the, they, they have certain uh, days at various universities, there where the students come by, and there are big there's booths, and we have ways to interview and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to recruit, and I learned what companies look for and because they sent us the in fact the the techniques we learned were called the star acronym Mm -hmm. s-t-a-r and that means situation like uh you describe if you're an interviewee you describe the situation you describe a task that you've done that relates to it you describe the action that you took and the result Mm -hmm. and as an interviewer you looked for the star. What is the situation? Or you ask them, Mm -hmm. what situations have you been in that da-da-da-da-da? What did you do? What was the result? So you learn both stars of of the star system. And that is, I think, good advice to somebody that's looking for work, is to be ready to talk about situations that were meaningful, tasks that you've done, actions you've taken, and results. That align with the type of work you're interviewing
0: for yeah i've no, i've I've interviewed one person and and she was well I was on a you know a research team, and so what would you do? I took notes um what action did you take? I published the notes um, huh. Huh. did you contribute to the results or the experimental design or you know any of the, and this is for an r and d position no, no I, the rest of them you know did all the work. I just took notes, oh wow. and like okay. We're not hiring a secretary, (laughs) (laughs) here.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, and there's some general advices about looking for work. Um, One comment I'll make on resume. I don't like traditional resumes. I like what uh, some authors call, in fact, I'll put it in the show notes, um, a qualifications brief, Mm -hmm. where, yes, you identify what you've done, but you also characterize it in the accomplishments that you've done. You you implemented this program that reduced the failure rate or whatever, you basically yeah. get it's factual. the value. It's the value yeah. part that we talk about all the time. Is what
0: difference did it really make? You ran a test, but so did it yeah. make a difference? Did anybody yeah. use it? Or did it actually contribute to any value? And if, if the answer is no, then don't put it on your resume.
1: Yeah, exactly. So when someone sends me a resume to look at, I look for their accomplishments and all I look for the things that that i also look for an objective i like to say what 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 is your objective mm-hmm. well i'm trying to get a job no 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 what's your <laughs> objective what what are you going to contribute what 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 are you passionate about work what line of work do you want to be in mm-hmm. and so those couple of advices about objectives and qualifications and basically your resume has to be well above it has to be has to stand out uh, i don't know about that i think, well this one stood out I, we were
0: Group our engineering group was, and we're going sifting through a whole box because our boss was tired of the eight folks that HR people, chuck, you know, chucked over to us. And he's so he had a box of like a thousand resumes, and they're all paper. This is way back. Huh. And, and we're sitting around a table, and we're kind of just scanning them through, and and any of them that caught your interest, we throw in the middle of the table, and and we were looking for good qualifications, good experience, you know, all these different things. Criteria that we could look for uh, through a resume, but one of them I read on the bottom of it is, is you know, additional activities or hobbies or something like that. And and she was she said something about she wrote a not a treatise, uh, a paper she was proud of or something like that that was the cruelty of duck hunting. Now it just turns out that our boss was an avid duck hunter.
1: Oh gosh. (laughs) <laughs> said,
0: so it was more of a joke than anything else. And and nothing else on the resume, you know, on a quick scan, which is all you get in a resume. And now it's not even that, it's a computer scan. Um he, he, and I we flipped it over to Ron and said, Hey, what do you think? And and in could you talk to somebody that doesn't like duck hunters? And and he says, Well wait a second. She does this and she he read her resume in more detail. She's really a good candidate. and they had a great chat over the phone and he was ready to offer to bring her in and to for the next round of interviews and then he said you know now i don't want this to come across the wrong way but you have to know that i am a duck hunter and and there was a long pause on the other side and she says you know i probably really couldn't work for you then oh my goodness you know and you know, she would have found out anyway. When we were there, it was mm-hmm. authentic and saved the rest of it. But she was actually a really good. But it didn't come across in the resume, and it was nothing other than the quirk of a. Oh, Ron, this you. <laughs> she doesn't like duck hunters.
1: So that's one for you. And well, you brought up an interesting point, and and as a segue, I'd like to to follow up on this, which is everything is automated now. Yeah. So your resume is probably done online or it's done as part of a service and uh, whatever you want to call it. it. may not even be called a resume, but the, but what you have to be aware of, because I always like to advise people or coach people to apply for a position or a type of, get your resume towards an industry. So you have an objective, make sure you study. The companies that you're applying to, yeah, uh, the type of industries. so you can convert and interpret your experience in their language, yeah, because they' their their automated system is going to look for certain keywords. yeah,
0: I, I've even say I say, go to the library and get technical papers or trade magazines yeah. in that industry so that you yeah. pick up on parts of the language so you interpret. communicate what you've accomplished in context that makes sense for that language. If you're a German speaker and you're going to a French company, you probably need to write it in French is kind of the the over the top uh, analogy. Um, Now resume is not the be all end all. You can send a thousand resumes. I actually got a a call from a recruiter at HP two years after I started there from a resume that was uploaded into some site against some job is they Somehow I got through the filters two years after oh, wow. I had actually started <laughs> working. Slow system. <laughs> it, so you got to be patient, and it's not. It's you know with electronics you can send out a thousand a day, and it, the odds are low in that process, in my opinion. But
1: well, I, I agree with that. The odds are low. You don't want to rely on your resume. In fact, oh, no. segue here is the is networking. Yeah, because yep. I think most jobs are obtained through networking yes resumes are important and you want to have your resume ready because someone will say send me your resume but the actual open door is going to come through uh, networking and so you have to cultivate that
0: right and if you're part of professional development just being curious and i i've we've seen it in creativity you know the art of um oh I'm, i'm Drawn a blank on the name of the book but one of the things was spend some time doing something you've never done before or learning about an industry or a process or a technique that you've never been experienced before if you've never done pottery sign up for a pottery class on a saturday afternoon and go go try it It just as something different not that you're interested in doing pottery for the rest of your life but if you go to a conference there's a great opportunity to meet people in different industries this is you know how do you do reliability in a medical device industry? What is there a lot of paperwork? Just be genuinely curious and, and interested, and then call them up and saying, "Hey, you know, do you have somebody there that I could talk to about you know openings you have, or how I'd use my experience to translate into that?" And just how you know how is this? How do you guys do reliability and and just do informal, not asking for an interview, but asking for uh, a chance to discuss what is this field? What is my background? How would that ever fit into an organization like you? Or
1: what are you really looking for that's related to say reliability? Oh, you know, you've, you've really hit on something, Fred, because I, I don't think you want to come across that you're cap in hand. I'm looking for a job, I need a job, right. I need a job. You want to basically say, I'm looking to, to learn more about your industry. I'm looking for opportunities. I want to see where we can interact. You want to basically uh, appeal to people that the how they can help facilitate that interaction. And rather than just, hey, I'm looking for a job. What can you do? Well, yeah, definitely. And
0: I I see that on LinkedIn all the time. You know, I'm looking for a job. Send me offers. And like, I think you kind of missing a few steps here, as opposed to I, I ran into one person came I said, you know, I really got this question about, you know, this t- technique or stuff. I, I learned a little bit of it in school, but I'm not really sure how to apply it and got a bunch of nice advice and then followed up with those people and got three job offers because they were curious and they wanted to learn. And it it, it might've been the initial motivation, but it, the approach was I am trying to get better at what I do and I may take need to move to a different industry or different area, but I'm just curious, how would you solve this in your industry? You know, kind of thing. And wonderful. it was, the networking part is not just to find a job. It's also like, it's, you find a, a cadre of colleagues and people that are solving problems every day, and they probably solve stuff that's similar to what you're working on and can give you some advice or hints or tips or, you know, ability to, to be more effective at what you're doing.
1: Um, so, so networking is the bigger Umbrella to use that phrase, mm-hmm. or it's it's a bigger subject, and the networking is, should be part of your life. You should be doing networking uh, a lot, even outside your own company. In other words, professionally, uh, network by offering to be on standards committees or other like uh, uh, working on symposiums, what have you. Yeah. Or evening meetings, local chapters. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: but it's also if you get a business card, always, 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 always follow up. Send a message. You know, I put notes right on the back of them. If I know I'm not going to re- remember what we talked about, I put a quick note follow up on this. You know, topic X. You know,
1: Ooh, good advice.
0: Always follow up. Now, I don't always get a response back, but the people that I get mm-hmm. responses back, I'm still connected with on LinkedIn, and I go, hey, you know, there's this great opportunity over here. Or do you know of any good candidates for? Or have you seen this kind of problem before? I mean, I sent two messages like that out yesterday is asking people like, I know you might, you probably know more about this than I do. You have any pointers? And I
1: get questions like that all the time, but it's network needs to be kept alive. Well, here, here's a pointer as, cause you use that word mm-hmm. and uh, this, this will be a, a story on what not to do. <laughs> so I'm having dinner with someone, uh, uh, was it back in April? I think it was. And this is a person who was looking to change jobs and he was having trouble. He said he'd tried this. He'd been doing resumes and everything. It's just not working out. He's even had interviews. And I'm thinking to myself, interviews, if you get an interview, then you're getting close. Yeah. In other words. So I said, but but nothing was happening. He wasn't getting the second. So I said, tell me what you, how the, how the interview went. He says, well, it, I thought it went okay. Well, so tell me what happened in the interview. Well, we started talking and I, I asked them what kind of benefits I would get, whether they had what kind of health care they have, what kind of, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, is that what the focus was? He said, well, yeah. And I thought, OK, well, that's why you're not getting a job. Yeah. Is the interviews for them to learn about you, how you can add value to their company. Yeah. And maybe once you've gone past the point where you're on the second interview or what have you you can start talking about benefits but don't make that your leading yeah no, discussion I,
0: you know you're in good shape when they put the hr representative on the on the interview list on your second round and yeah. hi i'm here to tell you about our benefits you know right if they start recruiting you then you can ask about all these other questions yeah you know
1: so that completely changed well i don't i haven't followed back yet to see what happened but that should help the person out but keep focused on what you can do for them that sounds like JFK, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, okay. it, it, it's until it turns
0: tight and they start saying what they can do for you. Then you, you're in good shape. Then you can yes. ask more questions that you're on. Yeah, seriously, it is an interview both ways. But at the start, they have all the cards. It, once they're interested in saying, now, once you get the question is, if we give you an offer, you will you accept it? <laughs> you know, you're probably yeah. in way better shape. And I always would be spying. Well, we'll see. I've got some questions for you and then, Oh, please. Yes. You know, and then, then you have an opening, but if you lead off with that, yeah,
1: there's a certain amount of, um, project management involved. I'll just say this very briefly on the subject of career. Um, what would you call career change or, uh, planning Mm -hmm. and the, a career plan, job change plan, whatever you want to call it, uh, is like a pipeline. And so, Yes you want to get lots of resumes out. Yes you want to do lots of networking and yes you want to get you want to aim for interviews because you want to get as many interviews as you can and then you want to get as many offers as you can. Mm-hmm. And and so the point is is to is to keep in mind the volume part of it but also keep in mind those stages. It isn't just volume resumes out. It's you need to get interviews. You need people to talk with you. And then you need to get offers. And so yeah. it's very much a project. But
0: there's also another piece I think we totally miss, and it's worth a few extra minutes on, is, not, it is a quick story. Is Early on, I was coming out of the Army, and I got an offer or a chance to interview on site. And it was a medical device company. And it was button-down suit coats and ties and Dr. So-and-so and and Mr. So-and-so and and Master So-and-so, and, and, you know, and it was very formal. The interview list was all these surnames with their titles, you know, director of this, champion of that, and all that (laughs) good stuff. And it it was very formal, very stiff, very staid. It was – and you you might pick up from my tone that I didn't even – uh, I didn't accept their offer. I did get an offer, but I didn't accept it. And, and they asked me why. I says, "I can't see myself working there. Uh, mm. You know, I I don't own a tie, and I really don't want <laughs> one. And you know, and and so at, when I uh, interviewed with Raychem, it was all first names on the interview list, and I could see myself working with these people. You know, I could see, I could respect their ingenuity. I could, I could see. I didn't know much about polymer science, but there were people that really did. And it came across as that it wasn't bragging or it wasn't titles, or it wasn't what school they went to. It was, no, we're facing these kinds of problems and we're looking for help in doing this, this, and this. And what do you think of that? And it was very collegial is, and for some people they would hate working there, you know? But I was like, oh, that, it'd be so cool working alongside these people. And I think I fit in that group.
1: You, you've just outlined uh, better than I did the whole point I was trying to make about the pipeline, which is yeah. you want to have lots of options. You want to generate lots of options. Because, Fred, in that situation, you were able to select which option. Yeah. The worst position, the worst situation to be in, uh, in in a job campaign is you don't have options. You're getting one offer. Yeah. And then it's a take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But you want to really work towards lots of offers so then you can pick and choose the way you did. Well, it's also part of the interview process and your back research and, and informal discussions
0: during networking and so on. And I learned early on, I really don't ever really want to work at Intel. It just sounded like a pressure cooker type scenario of the impressions I was getting from people I knew there and people that left there. And I was like, you know, I just really don't want to fit into that environment. Yeah. I might do well. I might not, but I just don't see it. And, but there's other companies, you know, that was like the, not your title, but what you do matters and people respect you for what you accomplish and those kind of things, what you contribute. Yeah. I could work at a company like that, you know, or, or, yeah. but you have to know that for yourself was what works for you. Where, you, where do you excel or where do you feel comfortable? Where do you want to contribute and keep. Part of this ongoing search, not just during the interview, is well, which ones are? What are those tells that say, "Yeah, this would be where I'd want to be," because that plays a big role in it too.
1: Before before we end off this subject, I had two real quick uh, pointers sure. uh, that that came to mind. Uh, if when you're doing a resume or anything you're filling out an application, don't embellish. Uh, be honest. Be factual. Uh, but but and, and don't embellish, just tell it like it is uh, because you don't want to uh, ever get in a situation. There's a lot of reasons to be honest. Well, you
0: hear of people getting fired when they claim they have a PhD and, the, and then they say, well,
1: no, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> we <right>. actually checked. <laughs> it, it almost always comes back. And yeah. so it, it may get you through the door, uh, but you're not going to like uh, where the door opens into eventually. That's right. Uh, the other thing is the... Is I I tell people to practice the, I call it the two-minute speech, uh, which is you will be asked when you're interviewing or someplace you'll be asked, why do you want this job? Mm -hmm. What can you contribute? And your two-minute speech is that. You want to practice that. Just tell it to a wall, tell it to another person. Talk passionately uh, with great interest. Look people in the eye and tell them why you want the job, what you can contribute to their endeavor and, and make it genuine, authentic, and with, with passion. And that goes a long ways. You know, and it can't be faked. Can't be faked. Nope. It can't
0: be faked. No, can't be faked. <laughs> you got to believe it. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, there's a whole episode on interviewing by itself. We just scratched the surface on it. Networking, interviewing, um, always looking. Um, but it's, I think it's just that it's not looking for your next pay raise and then jump company, jump company, jump company that will eventually bite you. Um and I've seen people do it. You know, they're tired of waiting to get a raise and they're in their current company, so they leave for two years and come back and they're two pay grades up already. And then they run into the Peter principle. Or yeah. is that the principle? Yeah, whereas you you get promoted to your level of incompetence and then it's like, mm-hmm. now you're just a boat anchor, you know, not nothing wrong with boat anchors, but you <laughs> you're not helping. Um and I it's a mixture of what is it that you want to do and where do you want to go and where do you see yourself? And there's all kinds of variables and it's unique to the individual. And it starts the moment you are out of school or looking for your first job. It's, it's might be take what you can get and move on from that make that job better. We talked about it in the last episode. How do you, you know, start where you are and stay within that organization and, and, but much of the same advice applies when you're looking to change careers or change uh, uh, companies or whatever. You, you really got to know yourself where, what you are actually looking for. Uh, otherwise, what's the phrase,
1: Carl, is if you don't know where you're going, any road will work.
0: <laughs> yes, right.
1: <laughs> well, and if you've got some ideas you want or, or questions you have on this subject, maybe you'd like to ask one of us a question and then we'll keep it anonymous. Obviously we're not going to uh, uh, publicize your name, uh, but we will get back to you and, uh, and it could be a topic for us in the future in terms of podcasting. Uh, but we w- do want to hear from you.
0: Yeah. And you can do that over at ascendoreliability.com slash go slash A couple of uh, ways you can get in touch with us there. Carl and I are both available and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn. And we have contact information on our About pages. Lots of ways you can get in touch with us. Um, So spend a little bit of time working with your network and staying in touch with your colleagues and peers and friends uh, out there in the industries. And if you got a question, send it over to us. We'd be proud to be part of your network in that regard. So we'd we'd love to hear from you. So with that, Carl, I think uh, we'll wrap that up. You know, I'm trying to think the last time I updated my resume. I it's look been at a that. long
1: time for me <laughs> well my job changes is probably going to be into retirement at some point well you know we can always hope for that you know at
0: one point or another. <laughs> the inflation might make it a little different but we'll that's see that's true that's right okay yeah well good Carl we'll, we'll talk to you again soon have a great rest of your day yeah you too Fred cheers thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability we invite you to join the conversation If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes, or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.